Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. I'm Katrina Blowers, filling in for Tash this week. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 24th of September. Fears COVID may spread even faster in Victoria after a protester reportedly tested positive to COVID. Epidemiologist Catherine Bennett says it's believed he was at the demonstrations on Wednesday and was admitted to hospital yesterday. It's always a concern when you've got a lot of people, even with um, outdoor settings, we know Delta can transmit effectively outdoors. We haven't had particularly windy days in Melbourne, so that actually means there is uh, more chance that you could have transmission between people in outdoor settings, particularly if not wearing masks. Health staff are being warned not to wear their uniforms in public in Melbourne after reports some have been abused and a nurse spat on. Why would you abuse? Why would you, as I'm told, be spitting on people who are doing that sort of work? That's uh, ugly. It's uncalled for. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews there. Authorities are again on alert that today protest numbers could swell again after a quieter day yesterday. The tradie vaccine mandate came into force overnight with workers required to have had at least one vaccine dose before returning to site. It comes as the state recorded its highest daily COVID case numbers ever with 766 cases yesterday and sadly four deaths. Let's go to New South Wales now and health officials say it's remarkable to see so many young people getting vaccinated. The jab was only made available to 12 to 15-year-olds last week and so far 28% have rolled up their sleeves. Meantime, the regional town of Orange and Glen Innes who are waking up to more freedoms today after coming out of lockdown overnight. Our state and federal leaders will meet today for National Cabinet with the Queensland Premier proposing a cruise ship trial for the Sunshine State. It would be for fully vaxxed Queenslanders and likely not to start until next year. It comes after the Premier had to backflip on plans to give away free NRL tickets for those who got vaccinated as it goes against TGA rules. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to northern New South Wales now. Five Northern Rivers MPs say they're deeply concerned about what will happen to their regions when Greater Sydney comes out of COVID lockdown. The MPs are from all sides of politics and have taken the unprecedented step of writing a joint letter. They're pleading for a policy change to protect them from what they call the 70% vaxxed. Our reporter on the ground, Rod McLeod, has more. Thanks, Katrina. As Sydney strives to reach the 70% vaccinated target so they can finally break out of lockdown, there are growing fears in the state's regional areas that they will be vulnerable to COVID infection as their vaccination rates lag behind Sydney's. The five Northern MPs from the Liberals, Nationals, Labor and the Greens all agree if they're swamped by Sydney visitors, it will be inevitable that COVID infections will follow and put the local health system under extreme stress. They want the Premier to adjust public health orders to restrict non-essential travel to the North Coast until that region has also reached the 70% fully vaxxed milestone. 
And a small win for a Tamil family with three members granted temporary visas to stay in Australia for another year. But the youngest daughter has not been included, meaning they won't be allowed to return to their Biloela home. Our Queensland reporter Matt Layton has more. Yes, Katrina, Immigration Minister Alex Hawke has granted the father, mother and oldest daughter 12-month bridging visas. Missing out is youngest daughter Tanika which means they'll have to remain in community detention in Western Australia. Family friend Angela Frederick says they won't stop fighting until they can head back to their rightful home. I promise Priya we're not going to rest until they all do get to be back here in Billawilla. So we'll continue making those phone calls and keeping up the pressure until little Tarnica gets a visa as well. While there's a reprieve, the family's legal battles are not over yet. They still have two cases before the courts regarding bridging visas and the children's citizenships. Now for the latest in business and finance, we are joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Happy Friday, Effie, we made it. Uh, and also some good news, in just a matter of months, we could all be headed overseas. So now might be a good time to take another look at travel insurance. Will we be covered and will we be paying more for it? Yeah, it is good news, although I feel like I might be able to fly to London before I can get to Brisbane, so that's another story. (laughs) Um, Look, of the 45 travel insurance provided on CanStar's database, currently accepting new applications, 28 do not provide any cover for COVID-related claims. And if you're going to be relying on your complimentary credit card insurance to cover you, take care here because 54% of them do have a general pandemic exclusion. But the good news is, of those insurers that do offer COVID cover, you should have things like overseas medical benefit protection and travel costs if you have to quarantine or cancel. Border closure impacts are typically not going to be covered. Now, of course, each policy differs, so it's really important you check the fine print. And as far as costs go, now, you would expect to pay a slightly more. So, for example, the price before and after the introduction of COVID benefits for a family of four travelling to New Zealand, say, this Christmas, with no existing medical conditions, has only gone up by about 2.5% when I checked with Covermore. Um, The interesting question, though, is at this stage, will insurers price discriminate between vaccinated and unvaccinated travellers? It kind of makes sense. I mean, you know, if your house is in a flood zone area, you're going to pay more in a premium. At this stage, travel insurers say there is no impact on premiums based on their vaccination status. So that's some good news. However, you may actually have trouble getting a flight out if you're unvaccinated because we've already heard Qantas say that they're going to have a policy that internationally they're only going to be carrying vaccinated passengers. Oh, yes, indeed. All right. Uh, A new report from Domain is revealing school zones are a huge factor in increasing property prices across the country. Yeah, I mean, as if... Prices aren't crazy enough. This report actually shows that, you know, against national record high, you know, house price growth, school catchment zones are still getting a premium in. And house prices in 88% of the primary school catchment zones and 94% of the secondary school catchment zones all saw huge gains. And in the popular suburbs and the popular zones there, they're up by as much as 46% in the last year 
often outperforming the sub that they're in. And look, the reason for this is that a lot of parents want to get their kids in a great school, a great public school, and the catchment area basically is the geographic location that a public school's core intake of students must reside. And it doesn't actually have to follow the boundaries of a suburb. It can actually slice a suburb in half, which is why you can see such variance in prices around these schools. I think the important tip here is, yeah, understand if you want to send your kid to a great public school, you may pay a premium to get in that catchment area. If you're an investor, it actually may be a good rental because there'll be plenty of parents that may not be able to afford but want to rent in that area. And the important thing to note is catchment areas can change. So that could play around with the pricing a little bit as well. Yeah, it certainly can. I know in one instance it split a whole street in half just recently, <laughs> so you've got to beware of that. All right, Effie, thank you so much for joining us and have a great weekend. Thank you. Time for Sport with Brett Thomas. Brett, a huge weekend in sport. Let's start with the AFL and we are one sleep away from a history-making grand final in Perth. Yes, good morning, Katrina. The first ever grand final in Perth. Last year we had it in Brisbane. Be a long time before it leaves Melbourne again. The MCG contracted until 2057. Let's go through the grand final teams. The heartbreak stories are coming out of the Bulldogs. Latham Vandermeer and Ryan Gardner have been dropped to face the Demons tomorrow night at Optus State. Alex Keith and Cody Waitman, as we expected, have been recalled. D-star Stephen May says he's good to go after overcoming a hamstring niggle. Feeling really great. After the little mishap in the prelim, uh, the physios and doctors sat me down and put a clear plan in place. You know, markers and those sort of things I need to hit in order to put my hand up, pass with flying colours. And just some sad news coming through overnight. One of the most colourful characters in Carlton history has died. In fact, in AFL history, I should say. Uh, the Blues' longest-serving president, John Elliott, who was also uh, the president of the... The, uh, the Liberal Party at one point suffered a fall at his home earlier this month. The 79-year-old held the top job for 19 years, overseeing two premierships in 1987 and 1995. Yeah, very sad news there. Now, just hypothetically, if someone, say a friend of a friend, was going to place a bet on the AFL this weekend, who are you tipping, Brett? Gamble responsibly, of course. <laughs> of course. I would put a sneaky fiver on the Bulldogs. I think the unknown with the Demons is having this extra week off, which is you know unique to this year. They had a week off after winning their first five and then in between the prelims and now. Uh, so I think if the Bulldogs start well, which they did uh, against Port Adelaide, I think they can get it done. So All I'll go right. with the doggies, but it's very, very, uh, very, very close. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Right. Uh, Des Hasler is up to his old tricks as he prepares to lead Manly against South Sydney in tonight's NRL final. Now, I sat through a press conference with Desi yesterday. We asked him about Brad Parker, who uh, is battling a hand injury. He said three words. Ready to go? Well, he's not ready to go. He is out uh, overnight, finding out that that hand injury will mean that he cannot play against South Sydney tonight, replaced by Moses Sooley. Now, a legend of Manly, Paul Fatty Vorton, has hit back at claims at his old club of flat-track bullies. That came from Triple M's Ryan Girdler, who's questioned the Seagulls' record against the top three sides in the NRL. Fatty responded on the rush hour last night. Ryan's a great judge. He's a good fella, and he's got all the experience. If he says that and and believes in it, then I'm glad he's sticking to it. My thing is, look, you can only play who's in front of you. And they've laid down some new turf at Suncorp Stadium. Of course, they've got the Storm and the Panthers tomorrow night as well. Cannot wait for that, Katrina. And look, with the AFL Grand Final and the NRL prelims tomorrow night, will anyone be watching the Wallabies? That is a really good question. I think they 
perhaps should have moved this game, at least the time slot, uh, as the NRL have done with the Storm and the Panthers. They play Argentina. We're coming off back-to-back wins against South Africa. So, look, uh, I think ticket sales are pretty strong up there, but in terms of TV ratings, they might be right down for that game, as you said, with the AFL Grand Final and the NRL prelims on. Uh, just to bring you up to speed with some of the changes to the squad, Reese Hodge has been picked at fullback. James O'Connor will return, but he will start off the bench against the Pumas. Well, this uh, time of year is like Christmas time for sports lovers so you enjoy yourself Brett have a great weekend and we'll catch you next week you too And something for those in lockdown this weekend. A stellar lineup of mega music royalty is uniting for the planet at Global Citizen Live. The superstars, including Elton John, Ed Sheeran and Billie Eilish, will be on stage from 3am on Sunday, our time, while our very own Delta Goodrum will take to the stage in Sydney. The 24-hour event calls on citizens to demand governments and major corporations take urgent action on poverty, climate change and inequality. And you can catch all that action on the now app or on YouTube. And that is all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Katrina Blowers. It's been so great to be with you this week. Tash is back on Monday. Have a great weekend and I'll see you next time. Listener.